The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who is on the right or on the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book of the Bible as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday morning. Hope you had a great weekend, great Lord's Day. And uh, I hope you went and met with the people of God. I hope that you have a church, um, if you're a believer, that you have a church that you went and met with the people of God this weekend. And that your pastor actually preached the word of God and called you to action in the culture not just to do something in your closet, and um, <clears throat> to do both, actually, um, because both are, are commanded. But I, I hope that you had the opportunity to do that, to gather with people. I hope that you're not going to let this weekend be, or this week be ruined, uh, where time where you get with family and friends be ruined by tyrants who want to keep you out of the light. They want to keep you away from other people. They want to keep you from enjoying life and fulfilling the Great Commission. All right. They want to keep you from taking dominion over the earth. Um, I hope that you that you took time to do that to, uh, yesterday, and um, <clears throat> and we'll do that this week. Some people are saying Gavin Newsom is canceling Christ- Christmas or whatever. You know, I'm not a a big person on a lot of Christmas stuff. I, I just I'm not a big person on that. I'm big about the incarnation, yes, uh, but I'm not big on a lot of stuff like that. But he doesn't cancel squat unless you cancel it. You're the one who's going to determine whether or not anything's going to be canceled. You've already determined it. If you're if you're wearing a mask, if you're not if you're social distancing, if you're not going to church, if you're not going to the, you know, whatever the places that you go because oh, the boogeyman covid might be out there. You've canceled it. Not not really the tyrants. The tyrants have put the fear in your heart. The mainstream media has backed them up to put the fear in your heart. And instead of being strong and courageous, not going to the left or the right, as God said to Joshua, but sticking to his law, you, you've canceled things on your own. Now, some of you haven't, and I want to commend you for not doing that. You haven't walked around with a chip on your shoulder. You haven't said, hey, knock this chip off. I'm not going to wear your mask. I don't do that. I just don't pay any attention to what people are doing anywhere uh, as far as anybody telling me anything. And I haven't had, I think I had twice, and this was months ago. 
And I guess they know not to mess to say it to me because I'm just going to embarrass them in front of a lot of people. I, mean, I am. I really am uh, for the silliness. But the point is, is this. I hope that we're taking a stand. And, and I want to say that in light of what the message I'm going to give you today, which is uh, it utter, utterly blows my mind, but I'm, I'm really not surprised. Um, particular preacher whom I've had in the past some, some respect for. I really have. Um, and some words that he wrote, I'm going to be bringing those to you in just a moment. Give me just a second here to say that, you know what, the Sons of Liberty, we do what we do, and we're going to do what we do, whether, you know, there's money to support it or not, we're going to do it as long as we can. But uh, we do have needs. We don't hold our hand out for money. We do have needs, so we, we let you know about those needs. If you're able to help with that and you want to help, that's the thing, you want to help, then there's a donate button on sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can click on that, and you can make a one-time donation you can partner with us. You can become a son or daughter of Liberty. We have a button there at sonsoflibertymedia.com that you can click for that right at the top of the page. And you can set up to become a monthly supporter or a son or daughter of Liberty is what we refer to our monthly supporters. And then also you can go to our store. There's a button there at the top as well. You can go to a store. You can pick up some of the products we have. You get something nice. Maybe you got some last-minute gifts you're trying to get out uh, ready for this, this week. Um, you can pick up something there and you can support the Sons of Liberty. And while you're there, please slide right down and put your email address in here for our free newsletter. Well, you get that once a night. We don't spam you. We don't rent it out or anything. You get it once a night. It gives you the articles that we have up for the day. And, uh, and that's it. And then if you want to watch us this morning, we're up on the right side of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And we're also the first article that you'll find there. When you click on that, that will be the YouTube link um, that will come up. All you, get, you probably just have to hit play on that. I, I haven't brought it up, but either you hit play or it's going live. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll, I'll let you guys figure out what, uh, what's going on there. But it is ready for you uh, to be useful to you, I hope, um, as we go through the show, if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show. Okay, so let's get to this. This comes from... Dr. Al Moeller. Dr. Moeller is a theologian and ordained minister, and he serves as the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He wrote something rather lengthy, and I'm going to read his first paragraph, and then I'm going to read from another Kennedy, and then I'm going to read and comment on what Mr. Moeller had to say. The title of his um, uh, article writing, whatever it is, at albertmoller.com, excuse me, it's called Vaccines and the Christian Worldview, Principles for Christian Thinking in the Context of COVID. And here's what he says. I'm probably going to have to blow this up uh, for those who are watching, just so you get, so you're not straining your eyes too much here. He says, Americans of my generation remember the incredible side of the first human footprints on the moon. In 1969, the United States celebrated one of the greatest technological advance achievements in human history. Yeah, I still have some questions about how they could do that then, but they can't figure out how to get through the Van Allen radiation belts now. That doesn't make any sense to me. It probably makes sense to some of you who, well, you know where I'm going with that. The Apollo 11 mission took man into space, landed him on the moon, and brought him safe back safely. Less than a decade before that historic moment in July of 1969, 
President John F. Kennedy announced that going to the moon ought to be the nation's goal. Why? I, because the Russians hadn't gone? The Russians had apparently beat the Americans and getting man in space, a satellite in space. So, hey, we're just going to outdo you. We're going to the moon. We don't know why we're going to the moon. We're just going to the moon. Okay? It's the nation's goal. Took millions and millions of dollars <laughs> and lots of rockets and all kinds of crazy stuff to get to do this. Okay, Declaring it should happen and making it happen, however, are two fundamentally different things, and the United States did it. The achievement is still breathtaking. Okay, now what Dr. Moeller is going to do is he's going to compare that with COVID, right? Remember, we're going to use the Bible, we're going to use the Constitution here in drawing up, okay, well, what is Dr. Moeller actually saying? Here's what, here's what he continues on, and then I'll read the part from the other Kennedy. Compare that to recent developments in the last several months. Just months after the COVID-19 virus was detected and entered into our vocabulary, no, it was entered into our vocabulary a long time before a few months ago. And we've demonstrated that. We've shown you it's been put into our psyche through predictive programming, through television, through movies, through the Olympics, all of this kind of stuff. And we have it documented. This is what they're going to do. And the Rockefeller Foundation's um, particular papers, lockstep specifically. And by the way, I'll have a link to that if you want to read it. And also check out my article on that before. I'll try to remember to have that. I didn't open up those Usually I put the things in that I open up. So, before it's entered into our vocabulary, a successful vaccine has now been de- developed. As of, le- as of light, late, oh, sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied. As of late last week, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, and he holds them up as the be-all, end-all. You'll see that in a minute. Provided emergency authorization for the Pfizer vaccine against the coronavirus. This is an unprecedented event in medical history. In terms of technology, it harkens back to the Apollo moon mission. (laughs) We are taking and using Americans and people around the world as guinea pigs in the final stage of this vaccine deal. That's right, you heard me. This is being rolled out years ahead of schedule. Let me change that. Years ahead, they I believe they've already scheduled they had already scheduled it. Okay. They had a vaccine back in January. I read you the article the other day. Be, before they announced it to the public. They had a they had a uh, they had a vaccine already in the works for COVID back in January. But it's years ahead of what they say they're rolling it out and this, that, and the other. And I'm going to get to the thing that they're not telling you, and that is even something we reported on last week and even yesterday, the number of people dying, like in their own papers, in their own studies. The people with adverse effects. Okay? This is, this is what they're doing. Here is what um, Robert Kennedy had to say. All right. And he warns of COVID compliance creating the dystopian endgame. Here's what he had to say. My father told me when I was a child, people in authority lie. 
No, no, they don't lie, really? <laughs> if we're going to continue to live in a democracy, in which we don't, we live in a republic, although they're trying to push it and make it one, that's for sure, we need to understand that people in authority lie. Yes, they do. Why? Cover their backside, money, get their palms greased, they're bribed, they have a vested interest, they're threatened. Pick your thing. People in authority will abuse every power that we relinquish to them, and right now we are giving them the power to micromanage every bit of our lives 24 hours a day. It's called contact tracing. It's called cutting on the television and listening to the nonsense that goes on. It's called cutting on the, the, the radio and listening to that stuff that blasts you with this, this, this fear porn from, from COVID, the convid. 24 hours a day. They're going to know where, where we are. They're going to know the money that we spend. By the way, did you guys see that thing where they're now coming out and basically telling you what they're doing? Instagram? They're going to be, they say, oh, now we're going to be watching social media and stuff. And, and the implication is they're going to be watching through your camera and stuff too on your phone, your mobile devices, all this stuff, right? So I got one of those little things. You slide it on over the thing. So you turn it on all you want, whatever. To see if you're in compliance. Remember that social credit score? I had, um, gosh, what was that guy's name? He wrote that book, The Google Archipelago. Uh, I had him on, and he was talking about the social credit score. This is China all over in the United States. That's exactly what this is. And they're going to start applying that to see if you're in compliance with Convit. Okay? He says they're going to know... Where, where we are, they're going to know the money that we spend. They're going to have access to our children. They're going to have the right to compel unwanted medical interventions on us. They're not going to have the right. They're going to usurp their authority. Government does not have rights. People have rights. Government has limitations. <laughs> they have responsibilities, yes, but they have limitations. People have rights. Just so we're clear on that. You know, the Nazis did that in the camps in World War II. This is back to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. They tested the vaccines on gypsies and Jews, and the world was so horrified after the war that we signed the Nuremberg Charter, and we all pledged when we do that, we would never again impose unwanted medical interventions on human beings without informed consent. And yet, in two years, all of that conviction has suddenly disappeared. That hasn't even been two years. This has been going on for some time in some states. They've been forcing certain procedures, vaccinations, all kinds of stuff on children, taking them from their parents, and even, in some cases, criminalizing the parents in the process for several years now. And people are walking around, Robert F. Kennedy, uh, I continue the quote from him, people are walking around in masks where the science has not been explained to them. They are doing what they're told. And again, go read the... Uh, New England Journal of Medicine. They tell you masks outside, you know, the facilities, outside of the surgical procedures and stuff like that are basically have little, if any, those are their words, um, impact on health. These government agents are, agencies are orchestrating obedience and it is not democratic. It, well, it's not American either, <laughs> It's not the product of democracy. Again, it's not a democracy. It's a republic. Actually, this is more of a pro this is more of a product of democracy. 
where people where there are certain people who are demanding more like an oligarchy, if you will, not really democracy. It's the product of a pharmaceutical driven biosecurity agenda, and I would say a fascist one at that, that will enslave the entire human race and plunge us into a dystopian nightmare where the apocalyptical forces of ignorance and greed, and they go hand in hand, will be running our lives and ruining our children and destroying all the dreams and dignity that we hope to give to our children. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Okay? Back to Al Mohler. Just so you understand, Al Mohler is is praising the federal government, the Food and Drug Administration, which, by the way, the Tenth Amendment... You know that thing in the Constitution? We didn't give authority for the federal government to be involved in health care. We just didn't give them any authority for that. We certainly didn't give them authority to set up a bureaucracy called the FDA that's going to take in billions of dollars from companies um, and in this case just bypass everything and go ahead and say, yep, yep we need that. For the convid, we're going to pass that off. We didn't authorize any of that. All the money being spent on this is extortion money. Taking it from the people and putting it towards something the people didn't authorize. Just so you understand. And these vaccines companies, you know what? At this show, Sons of Liberty, Donald Trump, you are going to get credit for this. You're going to get credit for your lawlessness and pushing Operation Warp Speed the billions that you have spent not only on the military to do something they are not authorized to do in the Constitution, but also to shell out billions to these big pharmaceutical companies. So here it is. Al Mohler says this this thing that's happened with Convid, the vaccine, in terms of technology, it harkens back to the Apollo moon mission. He continues, the development of this vaccine came under the auspices of Operation Warp Speed. It generally takes years for the development of a successful vaccine. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to tell you, I question that. What is the arguments there? What is really the argument in a vaccine? You're going to give somebody a vaccine who may not have whatever the vaccine is supposed to prevent, okay? The person doesn't get whatever they've been vaccinated for. The lot, the conclusion is the vaccine worked, right? I mean, that that's the way the argument is. It's a circular argument because the obviously the obvious missing piece there, logically, is well, how do we know they wouldn't have got it if they didn't get the vaccine? Okay? This is the problem that, that people and and this happened over the weekend. I thought about it, and I was telling one of the kids about it because I posted something the other day on this. We're so busy. We're inundated with so much information. We're we're entertained. We're we've got something going on twenty four seven in our lives. Most of us, okay. And we don't have time to stop and think at all about what we're given. Any information we're given. We don't we have a reaction because of other information we took in. And a lot of us, we think we're thinking for ourselves when all we're doing is rethinking whatever we've been told somewhere else. 
we're not stopping and pausing and thinking about what we're being told or what we're being shown. And this is part of my thinking and how I do the show. I show you the stuff, I put it in the archive so you can go and think on what has been presented. You can look at it yourself and you can say, well, is Tim making a good point? Is he making a bad point? If he is, here's why, and here's why I see it in the same stuff that he has. But I still want you to come to your own conclusion. So here's what uh, Mueller continues with. So it takes years of development for a successful vaccine, if indeed a vaccine is ever developed. Medical science and development, however, has shattered those typical expectations. Yeah, I just want you to understand something, folks. This is the same, quote-unquote, science, as Peter says, it's falsely so-called, that also claims that, you know, men came from monkeys in a cesspool somewhere billions of years ago, too. I know Moeller doesn't buy that. So that doesn't mean anything to me. Not only was one vaccine completed in record time, but another vaccine produced by Moderna, uh, we'll, we'll get to that one in a minute, is expected to come before the FDA to receive the same emergency authorization. See this? Emergency authorization. That's what it's getting. It's not whether it's been tried and and done out like all the others before it, not that those don't have their problems too. It's an emergency authorization. The pressure's on the FDA to get that thing approved. Okay? And by the way, the U.S. government has already bought millions of these vaccines. They told us, General Perna had told us long what, a month ago, they bought millions and stockpiled them before... They were approved. (sighs) Pfizer's, of course, happened last week. And Pfizer's has the hydrogels in it. It does have that technology we talked about with Dr. Madej. It has that in there. The Moderna, um, I pulled up a, a deal on Moderna. Okay, that's not it. That's something else I'm going to show you. Ah, let's see. Uh, Pfizer um, was the first vaccine to use modified messenger, RNA, mRNA. That's the one it has. Okay. Um, so that's in there. This is back to Al Mohler. He says, shots in arms could begin as early as today. And this is when he's writing it, obviously. This is the first step in bringing an end to the COVID-19 pandemic in America. No, the real pandemic is the fear. The real pandemic is the testing that goes along with the fear that even if you don't have it, you could, you know, you could be the can of Coke. You can be the fruit on your in your produce aisle. You could have COVID if you use the PCR test. There's no denying it, folks. I mean, the fact checkers are just, how shall I say this, soiling their britches. Because they know the stuff is there. They know they know it's there. They're trying every way they can. They're like Al Mohler in this piece, trying to jump all over everything to try to say that everything's okay. And you people who are pointing this stuff out are just crazy people. So Al asks, what should Christians think about vaccines and their use? And by the way, I would welcome that Al Mohler uh, come on the show and, and let's have a, a conversation together so... You know, if people put this out and Al sees it, um, I mean you no know, ill will, 
bring you on the show. Let's talk about this. Let's let's have some dialogue back and forth over it. All you got to do is sonsoflibertymedia.com and hit the contact button there. You can send me an email. I'll be happy to schedule that. Even pre-recorded if you want to do it. He wants to offer seven points for consideration. First, Christians do not believe in medical non-interventionism. Instead, we believe in the moral legitimacy of medical treatment. I would say, yes, we do. We do believe in medical treatment. And I'll make a well, I think we've made distinction about that enough um, on the time on the radio, but I'll make a distinction about that in just a little bit. A Christian worldview authorizes treatment, and we do so as an extension of the doctrine of creation and the dominion God has given to humanity as revealed in the opening chapter of Genesis. Pressing against disease and viruses is part of our mandate. Some might say, I believe in the sovereignty of God, and if God wants me to have this virus, then he will give me the virus. I don't need medical intervention because I trust God. Here's what he says. Now, remember, Al Mohler, is a, he's a Reformed guy. He's a Reformed Baptist. That kind of logic is pressed to its, uh, if pressed to its logical conclusion, however, is untenable. We wouldn't treat any sickness, cancer, or injury. Um, those two things are different. Did you guys just see what he did? Okay, this person says, if I'm going to have the virus, then God's going to allow it. Al Mohler stood that on his head and said, this kind of logic, if pressed to its logical conclusion, is untenable. We wouldn't treat any sickness, cancer, or injury. Okay, well, what about people who don't have the sickness, cancer, or injury? Should they take the virus? Should they take the vaccine? Did you see what just happened there in the word change? I mean, <laughs> come on, come on. Medical treatment is an extension of God's common grace, and I have a real problem with the common grace thing, too, uh, lining up that up with other things that God talks about, even false teachers. He's setting them aside. He's letting them live. He's fattening them up, if you will, for the day of judgment. Those are my words, not his. I'm paraphrasing. Read Second Peter 2 and uh, Jude. They're not receiving common grace. They're like the guy on death row who knows his days are numbered, and yet he keeps getting fed until they mete out the justice. Okay? And Christians have always understood this. Well, I don't think that's the case at all. That is why throughout history where you found Christians, you found hospitals and the church treating the sick. And I do agree with that. The church used to do those things. In fact, many hospitals are named after particular church denominations. We've got over in Charlotte, the Presbyterian Hospital. We've got uh, up in Wake Forest in North Carolina. We've got the, the Baptist Hospital. You know, all across uh, America, we have churches that have been formed by Christians. No, I'm not going to even complain about that. I'm not, but there is an issue to where you're dealing largely when we talk about medical issues, we're dealing with trauma. Okay? We're dealing with trauma. You got a car accident. You're hurt really bad. You got broken arms, legs. You need a trachea so you can breathe. That's not that's not right. <laughs> you have a trachea. You need the trachea so that you can breathe. You have a heart attack. Somebody's got to do something right then and there to help you. That's a preservation of life. That's a good thing. You, I, you know, I support that. 
But he's saying it's not wrong for Christians to take measures to avoid getting sick or coming down with the virus. Okay, how about instructing people to eat a good, clean diet like Nurse Kate does on Saturday? Do you do that? Do you go back to God's law in that and say, you know, God said that these are the better, the best things for us to eat and not really to eat these things over here. I get it, ceremonial. I get it. I really do. But the fact of the matter is we know from science, real science, that some foods are good for us and some foods are not so good for us. Does Dr. Moeller mention that? Nope. Doesn't mention that at all. He says there's background of this, of course. Now, this is a really bad example. But here he goes anyway. There's background to this, of course, in American evangelical history. Consider, for example, Jonathan Edwards. You guys remember Jonathan Edwards, right? Um, the almost would-be, a would-be father-in-law of David Brainerd, missionary to the American Indians, who died of consumption like in his 20s. And I would highly recommend that you read David Brainerd's journals, um, his diary. What the man gave up. I mean, what he went through to take the gospel to the American Indians is incredible. Incredible testimony. Here's Jonathan Edwards, great preacher of the uh, the Great Awakening. The one who preached the, the famous message. Maybe you, you were in a high school like I was. It was even a public high school when we read Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. I remember that. Like in 11th grade. He died on March 27, 1758 of a wrongly administered inoculation. Vaccine. Wrongly administered. <laughs> the most important point is not, you know, this wrongly administered inoculation. The most important from Mueller's point of view is that Edwards took the inoculation as though Edwards is the standard here. He's not. But he says, demonstrating the legitimacy of inoculations. Did John Edwards write any, um, any of the 66 books in the Bible? Huh? No, he didn't. He didn't. Based in the Christian worldview assertion that science and medicine are predicated on the, wor- on the world as orderly and intelligible because the Creator made the world this way. Thankfully, we've come a long way since 1758. He bypasses that. It's a really bad example. It really is. To use a godly man as sort of the standard for whether or not you should get a, a vaccine. That's real, that's, and then the guy dies in the process of a poorly administered one. Okay, well, how do we know we're, we're going to get good ones? I mean, because look, um, oh my goodness. Let me, let me just do this real quick. Because I did pull this up and we were having trouble the other day, right? With, um, with the video right at the first because of Facebook. As soon as I pulled the Facebook page down off the web, um, no problem. So wrongly administered vaccine. I, has Al Mohler seen this? Let me blow it up for you guys who are watching. And you guys can check this out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. This is Vice President Mike Pence. You can see there is a needle here before he gets jabbed on live television. Once it's retracted, there ain't no needle there. No one to be seen at all. And I've got the video there if you want to see it. The whole thing. 
from when they start the injections with the Surgeon General to move to Mike Pence's wife to Mike Pence. And you can pause the video and see it yourself. This is straight out of CBS This Morning. This isn't me doctoring anything. The YouTube video is from the CBS YouTube. Okay? That's what this is. I don't know if Al Mohler saw this or not, but this kind of inoculation. What about some of the other ones that I also have on there? Um, the fake syringes that are used. Huh? What about some of these people, the nurse, now the, the, the fake fact checkers were trying to take the nurse, remember, that had the vaccine and she passed out on television. They go, oh, this is missing context. If anybody writes about that, they get the little thing that says missing context. This lady had this problem. She explains she had this problem. Okay, she had this problem. And it's, she says it's to pain. And it's been 10, 15 minutes. I forget how long she said. After she had the vaccine, she just falls over in the chair. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. So here's Moeller again. Makes Jonathan Edwards. Now look, I like Edwards. Um... He's not the standard here. He, the, him taking a, an inoculation doesn't make him the standard for it's okay to do it. It just doesn't. That just That's bad logic. It's, it's faulty. It really is. But I do agree with him that science should be reminiscent of what Scripture holds to. Okay? I, I, do, I do agree with that. Secondly, he says, we must consider the de- derivation of the vaccine itself. What kind of technology was involved in the development of a vaccine? As is the case with many vaccines and in the background of medical treatments, many advances come through morally problematic cell lines. This is where it's going to get really interesting for the preacher. Many advances come through morally problematic cell lines. This, of course, brings us to the issue of abortion, and the issue of human cells, as well as tissue taken without consent. Okay, now let me just let you in on something here before I do this. The Pfizer vaccine does not have these, any kind of fetal tissue, fetal cells at all in them. They do have hydrogels, and we've talked about that before. The Aztec Zeneca clearly has them. In rare circumstances, we may use the human fetal tissue or human embryonic stem cells. In these cases, an internal review of the scientific validity of the research proposal will be conducted and permission to use the tissue will be granted only when no other scientific reasonable alternative is available. This is the Aztec Zeneca website. This is not Tim Brown. This is the Aztec Zeneca website. They're telling you this. This is the stuff that Dr. Moeller is talking about here, okay? In most of the major COVID-19 vaccines, there was a use of fetal cell lines, and that is true, which are known as HEK-293. The original cells for that line were taken from tissues derived from an abortion in the Netherlands in the 1960s. The cell line developed around 1972. There's also the HeLa line, H-E-L-A line, that goes back to 1951. These cells were taken from an African-American woman, Henrietta Lacks, who suffered from terminal cancer. Cancers were taken from her body without her consent or knowledge. 
or sales were taken, excuse me. This makes the use of cells from that line a complicated issue within medical ethics. <laughs> okay, I didn't see him say that that was a problem with the first one there, derived from an abortion. But okay. How then ought Christians think about all of this? First of all, we must condemn in the strongest of terms the use of any tissues from aborted human babies. I agree, we should. That is a non-negotiable issue for Christians as well as we consider medical advances and treatments. There are, however, complexities involved. It's only complex if you're trying to smooth something over. That's, let's just be honest. But he says, complexities involved as Christians contemplate these incredibly serious moral questions, and they are that. I want to remind you, how many of you have seen, I think it was it, this year, I've seen when I've gone to pull up, because I have to pull up a, a certain Microsoft browser, to get into the YouTube channel and they'll have their uh, MSN news or whatever it is. It's on there. And I noticed this year, Michael J. Fox, remember back to the future guy, family, something growing pains or family type, whatever that show was that he was on family ties. I think that guy, you remember he got Parkinson's disease years ago. And you remember he was before Congress and he was pleading with them to use the cells of aborted babies for this development of stuff for Parkinson's. You remember he was doing that? And he had no problem with that at all. And the church spoke out against that kind of stuff. I mean, she was loud about it. And I don't know how long ago that was. It's been, it's been at least two decades, maybe longer. And now what's the church doing? We're we're seeking to kind of, yeah, we want to say this is bad, but uh, it's going to have some complexities. Let's see what these complexities are. This is Dr. Al Mohler again. Specifically with the issue of COVID-19 vaccine, Christians need to understand that no step in producing these vaccines had any direct involvement in an abortion of a single child. There is also the issue of proximity. The further you go in history, the harder it is to keep a clear line of culpability in morally significant events. That said, the good news about the COVID-19 vaccines is that even as these cells, most importantly from HEK-293, were used to create the basic shape of the vaccine, no fetal tissue was used. Notice the word play. Cells, fetal tissue. Get that? Cells, fetal tissue. Now we're playing this silly game like baby, fetus, embryo. We all know what it is. It's a baby. It's a human. It's not a dog. It's not a cat. It's not a fish. It's not a rock. And here we are playing this game. Cells from an aborted baby, but no fetal tissue was used. You know, I wonder if Al Mohler would take this position on the flavoring going into his Doritos that he eats or his Pepsi that he drinks. I wonder if he would tell people, yep, it's just fine. Go ahead. Just consume that. I just, I'm, I'm just curious if that would be one of the things there. At the same time, however, the vaccine structure relied upon the cell line of HEK-293, which originated with an aborted fetus. It's a tragedy of history, a horrifying wrong was done, but that does not mean that good cannot come from that harm, even as it is 
a good tainted by the realities of a sinful world. You know, listen to what he says here, because I'm going to correct this. This is so easy to correct. A, a, a novice Christian can deal with this, okay? This idea is expressed for Christians as a doctrine of double effect. Some actions may, or some actions have more than one effect. For Christians, the primary intention must aim at virtue and good. I agree it should. The intention behind an act must never seek harm or evil or, or any moral reality and outcome against God's will. I'm assuming he means God's moral will, his written will. We call it the revealed will of God, not the secret will that we don't know that's part of his decree, but that which is written in Scripture. We must never be complicit in intending sin, and certainly this applies to every dimension of abortion. But the Christian also acknowledges a potential double effect, for every moral act can lead to consequences not intended, that's absolutely true, but unavoidable. If the abortion of even a single human baby was required for this vaccine, or if abortion-derived materials were included in the vaccine, Christians would be rightly outraged. Well, didn't he just tell us this Hex, Hex 2293 came from an aborted baby in the Netherlands? Is he saying, well, because it wasn't done for that reason, it's okay? I mean, is this his argument? This is not the case. The vaccine can be taken by pro-life Christians with legitimacy. Now, he doesn't explain how that is. He just ends there, and he goes on to his third principle. Let me tell you what an evil thing is being used for good. Okay, let me let me explain this. I'll give you a couple of examples. Any of you guys remember reading the story of Tamar in the book of Genesis? And Tamar's left childless. And it, in the Old Testament, they were to take and to make sure that the woman, you know, if her husband dies, that that uh, she carries on the the family name, the seed that's passed on. And so she's got Judah there, and Judah, he, he doesn't have anybody to fulfill uh, what this requirement. And, uh, of course, Judah isn't going to do it. So what does Tamar do? Well, she wraps up like a harlot, and she sits on the side of the road, and she entreats him to come into her. And she gets pregnant. And then they bring her out, and they're saying, oh, she's such a, uh, you know, she's, she's played the harlot. And she should die. And Judah wants to know who the guy is, and she holds up his signet and his cord, and he goes, she's more righteous than I. Now, both of them did something that was evil, that was sinful. Okay? What happened as a result of that? Well, it became the line of the parents of Christ, right, that we see in his genealogy in the New Testament, the book of Matthew and the book of uh, Luke. So there was something that good came out of it, Okay? But nobody had to do anything. It just happened as a result of that evil action. We could take the same thing. It's almost the same kind of scenario, except that it wasn't uh, the woman playing a harlot. We could take David and Bathsheba. They're engaged in adultery. They have a child, Solomon. He becomes in the line of the parents of Jesus, right? We can probably point to all kinds of things where God took sinful actions and made them good. There wasn't this argument about, oh, do we take, um, <clears throat> you know, David's child that first died, remember? After he had committed adultery with the Bathsheba, the one she was pregnant. They didn't take the child and do something with it to turn it into good. The child died. They buried it. David said, I'll go to him. He won't come to me. 
They didn't sit there and do something else with the child. But in this one, we want to legitimize it and say, I know that this baby was murdered in the Netherlands in the 1970s, but there can be something good that comes from it in the fact that we can use its cells, which come from its body, for a vaccine for people. I just want you to think about what's being said there. I want, that's why I wanted to, to line up uh, what I was saying about this other, because this is, a, this is an incredible thing. It's kind of like the people who want to say, uh, you remember that story of the soccer players? They had their aircraft that crashed. And so in order to survive, what were they doing? Remember that? They were what? Eating each other, the dead people. They were eating the dead people to survive. Can remember doing some stories in, about Syria, and some of the jihadis were over there eating body parts, mainly hearts. It's disgusting of their enemies. We even had video of it. It's just turn your stomach to even you can't watch much of it. And they were coming down with a something in their brain that was basically causing them to go loopy. Not that they weren't already. Uh, they were driven by their, their demonic doctrines. They were becoming really messed up in the head. Okay? So, what what is the, what is the issue here for putting human cells into your body? What does the Bible say? Kuru, thank you very much. That was it, Joni. Thank you. I couldn't remember. I knew it started with a K, but I couldn't remember what the stuff was. So, what does the Bible tell us about doing that? Well, Ezekiel 5, 7 through 11 warns of the very things that Deuteronomy 28 lay out, which we see from Josephus when he wrote about the destruction of Jerusalem. That's why I tell you people, God fulfilled those promises of his curses upon his people from Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26 in the book of Revelation. He did. And when you read Josephus, he writes about the people eating their own children. In Ezekiel 5, 7 through 11, right in the midst of that we read, in fact, I'm going to do what I've never done before and what I'll never do and I'll never again do because of all your loathsome behavior. Fathers will eat their children in your midst. And this, your sons will eat their fathers as I carry out my sentence against you and scatter your survivors to the winds. That's God's word. That's what he says will happen. Leviticus 26, 27 to 30. If you still refuse, this is his promises of curses. It's going to the same thing that happened in 70 A.D., if you still refuse to listen to me, and if you still turn against me, then I will really show my anger. I, yes, I myself will punish you seven times for your sins. You will become so hungry that you will eat the bodies of your sons and daughters. I mean, go over into Lamentations chapter 2. Should women eat their offspring, the children that they have cared for? He's warning them. Over and over and over again. Jeremiah chapter 19. Everyone who goes by 
It will be stunned and hiss with contempt at all the disasters that happen to it. I will make the people eat the flesh of their sons and daughters. They will eat each other's flesh during blockades and hardships that their enemies impose on them when they want to kill them. Deuteronomy 28, verses 52 through 57, and in the midst of that you read, You will then eat your own offspring, the flesh of the sons and daughters, the Lord your God has given you, because of the severity of the siege by which your enemies will constrict you. It's a curse. It's not a blessing. It's a curse. And somehow, we're getting this gymnastics that doesn't even deal with any of this, that says... Well, abortion's wrong, and good for him for saying that. But we can take the cells of babies, which God tells us not to eat, it's a curse, and we can just bypass the mouth and shoot them in their arm, or your rear end, or wherever. And that's just perfectly fine. I, I don't know how that's Christian at all. I, 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 I don't. I don't know how that advances the kingdom. I don't know how that uh, upholds the dominion mandate at all. At, at all. Okay? I, I just don't understand it. I'm going to run out of time. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold over just a little bit because I, I want to bring up a couple of other things. I, I, I probably won't last long. <laughs> no. <laughs> David's going to give me a hard time about that. Third moral principle. Christians. This is from Dr. Al Mohler must consider deals with efficacy and safety of the vaccine. At this point, the medical community demonstrates enormous confidence in the vaccine. Oh, enormous confidence. Yes. In the United States, the Food and Drug Administration does not merely require that a vaccine prove to be safe. It must also prove to be effective. Again, I ask you, if you don't have something that the vaccine's there for, and you never get it, does that produce the, the legitimacy that it is effective? Maybe you're immune to whatever's going on. Anybody ever thought about that? Huh? The logic, I'm just telling you, I don't follow it. I, I don't follow this at all because it seems illogical to me. And it's the FDA. Read their website of the number of people, the millions of people in America who have died from drugs they have approved. Millions. And by the way, if it's so safe and effective, why are these vaccine companies given immunity, Dr. Moeller? Huh? Why is a slush fund produced from the, the, off the backs of the American people to pay billions of dollars to those who've actually been harmed by vaccines instead of the culprit being held accountable for it? Huh? Doesn't deal with that. Doesn't deal with that at all. He continues on. Nothing in a fallen world is ever easy. We must, under the circumstances, do that which appears to be the most right. No, we're to do that which is right. The safest and the most good. Fourth issue is whether or not a medical treatment is, is made mandatory by governing authority. Given the political reality and context in the United States, as well as the constitutional limits on the federal government, I think it is doubtful that Americans will face a federally mandated vaccine. No, they're going to face a fascist one. The fascists who are working with government are going to put the pressure on the people to take the vaccine. We're not letting you in. The ticket masters already said we're putting in policies where you can't go to a concert if you don't take the vaccine. 
you can bet that's just going to just go like a wave throughout other things. And government isn't going to stop it one bit, despite the Civil Rights Act, which is to protect people like Christians who have a conscience that says, I don't want any of this stuff in my body. I wouldn't drink it. I certainly don't want it pumped into me with a needle. See the justification here? See the statism at work? That being said, the federal government can utilize certain coercive policies. Hear it? Coercive policies. For instance, the federal government possesses the power to decide who does and does not get to enter the United States. Well, yeah, but that doesn't really apply to us, and I don't think that's the audience he's talking to, is it? Is he talking about we're going to be exiled? He has read Leviticus 13, haven't you, Dr. Mueller? If you're not sick, you don't get exiled. You don't get stuck in the leper camp. Sorry, you just don't get it. Is that what he... I don't know exactly what he's saying there. It has the power to decide who, other than citizens, may remain in the country. The federal government has authority... I mean, again, I, I agree they have control over immigration, but what if somebody's not sick? Just saying, what if they're not sick? By the way... The Constitution is not just for citizens, guys. It is to protect men. I mean, you don't just go accuse somebody of being an illegal immigrant without proving they're one, right? You don't go accuse somebody of being a terrorist unless you prove they're a terrorist. The Fourth Amendment has certain protections, doesn't it? The Fifth Amendment has certain protections, doesn't it? doesn't say if you're a citizen says this is how the government is to act. We get, we've gotten way away from that kind of stuff. It says for the federal government has authority over interstate commerce and transportation. Yeah, to make it regular. <laughs> Including who rides on trains and who flies on planes. Um, yeah, those no-flight lists, they're completely unconstitutional. It is a, it is a violation of the Fifth Amendment. Those of you, look, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to close out the show here. But the Fifth Amendment is clear that they are not to deprive you of your liberty, and that includes the freedom to move, except for a certain thing. I'm going to close out the show here. You guys on Red State Talk Radio, if you want to pick us up on YouTube, you can go to sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can also head over to beforeitsnews.com. Uh, we're live on there too and um, feel free to join us and in 23 hours we'll be back with you tomorrow Captain Carl's going to be with us and also Bob Schultz and we're going to have some information that you can act on Uh, until then, see ya okay All right. I'm cutting the phone off here so that I'm not tied up on Red State and uh, you guys who are Staying with me, I appreciate your support very much. And guys who are coming over from Red State, we appreciate you as well. Article 5, this is your Constitution. So what he's telling you isn't true. Oh, they're doing it. They're, they're violating this thing all over the place. This is the same government he wants you to trust their FDA, their unconstitutional FDA. So here's, here's what it says. i got a slide over here. I was on the wrong thing. I was on Article 5, not Amendment 5. 
No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless a presentment or indictment of a grand jury except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Did you notice that one? Nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. How then is a no-fly list constitutional? Well, we think they're a terrorist. They were with these people, this, this, and this. Okay. Did they get due process? If not, you're in violation of that. Well, Tim, don't you know they're doing it for our safety? Yeah, that's always the excuse, isn't it? They're doing it for our safety while they allowed the innocent and the womb to be murdered. Tell me about your cognitive dissonance again. This is, this is what Dr. Moeller is upholding here. He's saying this. they have the authority. No, they don't. They don't. Thus, there are some massive areas. This continues with Dr. Mueller. We only got like two more things that he's going to talk about, I think. Two or three. Forget. This is the fourth one. So we got three. Thus, there are some massive areas where the federal government could effectively enact a mandate for vaccination. When it comes to state governments, it's doubtful that states will enact an absolute mandate. Oh, don't be so sure about that. (laughs) Michigan, California are all thumbing their nose at courts, the highest courts in their states continuing to do the things that are unlawful and is declared to be unlawful. And they haven't been held accountable either. But much like the federal government, the state does does have authority, for example, over who can and cannot attend public schools. Again, I go... This is absolutely ridiculous. Okay, just let me throw this out here. Who can and cannot attend public schools? You're a citizen of, this, of a state. I get it. States were forced in by the South or by the North. And I've told you this over and over. The tyrant Lincoln already had this in mind. R.L. Dabney saw it coming. Get his book on secular education. It's four bucks at Amazon. You can read it on your phone. It's like all of 70-something pages. It's nothing. He'll tell you exactly what was coming. And, and the majority of it was on this issue of public education. Who's paying for this public education? Hmm? You are. And you can be locked out of what you're paying for. That's what Al Mohler's telling you. And he thinks it's perfectly legitimate for the beast to do that. He is shilling for the beast. Don't, Don't make no mistake about it. That's what he's doing. He's shilling for the beast. And the states, look, again, go back to Scripture. You don't see the state having authority over your children. God gave those children to you, parents. They're yours. You have the authority over your children. You have the duty to educate them. Not the state. And by the way, if you tune in on here on Rotten to the Core Wednesdays, what do you find out? You find out the federal government is the one mandating what is going to be taught to your kids in public education in violation of the Tenth Amendment 
in violation of their statutes and all the other stuff that they write that they don't follow, that the people at the convention of the states want you to get another piece of paper out and write a bunch of stuff that they're not going to follow either. See how all this ties together? And so here's what he, here's what he continues on in his thought. The extent of state policies, that approximate a mandate will depend upon whether or not you find yourself in a red or a blue state. Well, I don't think it's even that. See, I think Mueller's in this Republican-Democrat nonsense, too. Plenty of Republicans have imposed some sort of this, that, or the other. Again, I live in South Carolina. Our governor is a Republican. Wanted to go through with his non-essential, essential mess that he doesn't have authority to do. Acting like a little Nazi. That's what that is. You had some, like at least Governor Christy Noem, who... Didn't and there was there were a few others too six seven eight something nine I think total who just said look we're not doing all this stuff this is ridiculous so here's what else we got the fifth principle for Christians thinking about vaccines deal I mean what gets me is I'm not seeing any scripture in here at all I mean I get principles there are some principles that he brings out that do come from scripture no doubt about that but ah oh man come on. He says, the fifth principle of Christians thinking about vaccines deals with the common good. Wait a minute. Okay, as soon as somebody says that right there, you know where that's coming from. It ain't coming from the Bible, and it ain't coming from the U.S. Constitution. The issue of love of neighbor. Now, I believe in love of neighbor. But I don't believe in love of neighbor to jab poisons in my body, or my kids' bodies for that matter. Okay. Some people might approach the issue of vaccination with self-defined terms. Such a person might say, if a vaccine is available, then people can take it who want it. Yeah, I agree. I'm not taking it. I pose no threat to anyone. I'll deal with the consequences of my own actions. Here's the problem with this kind of moral equation. There are third parties, people who cannot take the vaccine or do not yet have access to it that could still be infected by those who refuse to take the vaccine. Okay, do you see the problem with this logic right here? The assumption is you have the virus and you're infected and you can infect somebody else who can't get a vaccine. (laughs) Hello, Leviticus 13, Dr. Moeller. You don't get to determine this. And by the way, asymptomatic people, they've already told us. Dr. Fauci's told us. If you can trust him. Dr. Fauci has said asymptomatic people, as people with no symptoms, are not contagious. I mean, I don't even know if people with symptoms are contagious. I don't know that I buy that argument. It's based off a germ theory. It's not something that's proven. But you're ready to go right along with the beast, aren't you, Dr. Mueller? What's up with that, man? Not the problem in the equation is your lack of logic, and I'm going to say it again. When you read John chapter 1 and you read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That word that's used there for word in the Greek is the logos. It's where we get our word logic from. In the beginning was the logic. We're told that God used His wisdom and He spoke 
into existence all things. In fact, the only place you're going to get real wisdom is from the Bible. So if you're going to be logical, then you don't assume I'm infected and therefore I have to have a vaccine in case I get somebody else sick. That's just ridiculous. The common good argument, this is Dr. Muller again, the common good argument is extremely powerful in the Christian tradition. Indeed, it is the second greatest commandment listed by Jesus Christ. That, that, that is not the common good. That is two different things. I want you to get that. That is two different things. This common good argument is a communist argument. It is not a biblical argument. It is different than loving our neighbors as ourselves. The loving our neighbors as ourselves translates over into loving enemies too, Dr. Muller. You know this. I know he does because I've heard him preach on it. The general principle, here he continues on, the general principle of the common good comes down to benevolence, love, care for others, laying down personal priorities for the service of others. Christians thinking about the issue of the vaccine must weigh this key biblical principle as part of their thinking. Well, it's one thing to lay down personal priorities for the sake of somebody else. It's another to give up something you may have been saving up for to help somebody in need. It's another thing to give of your time to go and to be with somebody, to comfort them, to listen to them, to instruct them, to counsel them or whatever. That's one thing. It is another thing to take the temple of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body, and to inject it with poisons, known poisons, for the common good. And to take your kids and to inject, it, inject them with the same stuff by people have already been, who've already been demonstrated to be liars, manipulators, in bed with fascists, communists, socialists, you name it. it is, that's a whole different thing. Okay? That is not what... That is not any of that stuff that, that Dr. Mueller just wrote about. It just isn't. The sixth principle, he continues, pertains to the integrity of the family and authority of parents. We ought to be wary of any government or other intrusion in the family structure. Amen. We should. Because they don't have any authority. In this case, we should stand against government policies that give vaccines to children and adolescents over and against or without the knowledge of the convictions of their parents. Okay. So, how are you weighing that, Dr. Moeller, with people who the federal government, you say, has authority to well, I don't, exile them, keep them off a plane, off a train, out of a box with a fox? How, do you, how are you balancing that out there? And here he comes with his left-right paradigm. Those on the left increasingly... See? Ah. Preachers shouldn't be talking like this. They just shouldn't be talking like this. Those on the left increasingly advance this notion of an absolute right to moral consent on behalf of children, even if those decisions go against the authority of the child's parents. Excuse me a second. My mouth's getting dry. <clears throat> to be sure, there are cases where the government must intervene, especially in extreme cases when the life of a child is at risk. There is no time to seek parental consent when a child needs a blood transfusion or is in an emergency situation. 
There are extreme cases where authority must intervene, but again, those cases are extreme and must be rare. And I don't even know that I would say that this is an issue for government. I think this is an issue for somebody who actually cares about people and says, this is what needs to be done. If we don't do this here, this person's going to die. They've been in a horrible accident. Mom is, you know, knocked out or whatever. She's in a coma and dad's not around or... I mean, obviously you want parental consent there, but I think most of us could understand an attempt to save somebody's life, a legitimate attempt to save somebody's life. But the stuff I've seen going on with mandating vaccines or surgeries and stuff like that isn't a lot of this stuff. It's not something that he's talking about here. He continues on. We're we're finishing up, and I'm going to give you a couple of examples, and then we'll close out the show, okay? Reasonable Christians and Christian parents will differ over whether or not to take the vaccine. But speaking personally, I will take this vaccine as soon as it is available to me. Um, are you going to take it on TV there, Dr. Muller? Are you going to take it with one of those fake syringes? Huh? Like Pence got? I don't care if Dr. Muller takes it or not. It's his body. He's going to have to give an answer to God for why he took it. Which one he took? Whether or not it has aborted fetal cells in it, he's going to have to give an account for that. I don't have to give an account for his actions there. But I'll tell you what, he's going to give a greater account for how he's instructing people here. That's the really sad part. Those who teach face a stricter judgment. I will take it not only for what I hope will be the good of my own health, but for others as well. What you hope will be the good for your own health? Sounds to me like you're one over here. You're you're just, you believe it's the, it's, it is going to be good for your health. Not hope so. You seem to know so. I will seek to encourage others to take the vaccine. Encouragement, however, is a very different from coercion. I agree it is. But when enough people do it, it becomes coercion. And this is what he doesn't get. This is what he doesn't tell you. When enough people start pushing you and start just constantly berating you over that. Look, I've seen it with us, me and my wife. We would go in the hospital, we'd have a child. Before we leave the child, you want birth control, you want condoms, you want this, that, and the other. No, we're Christians. We believe God opens and closes the womb. We leave that up to him. We haven't asked him for any children. We just said, hey... If you give us children, give us the means to provide for them. And that's always been my prayer for our family. Next child comes along, same thing, same thing. And you're not just getting it from one nurse. You're getting it from several, the midwife, the doctor, everybody as you're getting checked out. Then you get it when you go happen to see a doctor or this, that, and the other. And it becomes coercive. It's no longer an encouragement. It becomes coercive. And some of you are seeing this with this mask mandate in your states. You're seeing businesses wanting to shut you out in violation of the law, the Civil Rights Act. They're wanting to shut you out because you don't put that muzzle on your face. They don't want you around if you have a a symptom of convid. Maybe you had to clear your throat and you, (coughs) you did like that. Everybody in the store turns and looks at you like you got leprosy. 
That's coercion. That's not encouragement. That's coercion. Here's his final point. The moral principle has to do with access and priority, which is perhaps the easiest of the seven to understand. Those who are at greater risk or serving on the front lines of this pandemic, he doesn't say that, I am, ought to be the first in line to receive the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you dancing nurses and doctors over there in the UK, why are you guys running and screaming and crying now that those vaccines are out and they're wanting to poke you first, huh? I saw you over there doing your little dances, your trombones and your drums and stuff. Just like you were engaged in predictive programming through the 2012 Olympics opening ceremony, doing the same nonsense. When you were when we were told, I wish I'd I, I pulled that up last night. I should have played that. We were told you were so busy. The hospitals were jam-packed. It was overflow. It was like a war zone. But you had time to do choreography, choreographed dances. You had time for that. I know you didn't just do one take. Some of those things were pretty elaborate. You had like 25 people. Some of you did. Doing little dances out there. But it was such a serious thing. So many people were dying. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. You've been getting all the praise. You haven't been speaking out when you should have been speaking out about what was going on and all this stuff and the fakery of the convid. Yeah, you probably should get the vaccine first. He ends with this. An absolutely historic and crucial moment. It is historic and it is crucial. That I will agree with him. This pandemic has wrought untold destruction. No, the people pushing and blowing it up have caused untold destruction. And we are, I pray, in the final months of this contagion's deadly advance. Um, Dr. Moeller, let me just remind you, same people pushed COVID-19, now say they got a new strain of it. And you know what? This vaccine isn't good for that. And you know what? There'll be another one on the on the heels of that one. And that vaccine that they make for that, that they're going to rush through probably faster than they rushed this one through, ain't going to cover that one either. What are you going to do? Keep getting the jab? Huh? He says, The creation of vaccines in such a short amount of time is something to be celebrated. As Christians begin to decide whether or not to take the vaccine, it is important to understand the serious moral complexities involved. We must think biblically about this vital issue. Well, you know what, Dr. Moeller? It's interesting. And I'm going to have this up for people to look at here. We must think biblically. And yet, I don't see one scripture reference in his entire, however many words this thing is. It's got to be at least 2,000 words, at least. I don't, I don't see any here. Do you guys see any of that? I didn't see any. Now, I always point back to something, and this is not to say that I don't go to the doctor. If I, if, look, if I'm, if I'm really bad sick and I really think, oh, man, this is just horrible, I've been to the doctor. I went to the doctor with gallstones. So I have nothing against doctors. I have nothing against hospitals. Again, there are issues of trauma that need to be taken care of, but the vast majority of our health happens with what we're taking into our bodies. This is why we have Nurse Kate on on Saturdays. She's well-versed in this stuff. You guys know it. 
But I go over to somewhere like <clears throat> Luke chapter 8, and I've read this over and over again, and I just want you to hear it. Biblically speaking, listen to this. A woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, she spent everything she had at the doctor. And she couldn't be healed of any. She came behind him, that's Jesus, touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, who touched me? We don't know. There's a bunch of people around. Everybody's touching you. And you got to understand something. This lady was ceremonially unclean because of the issue of blood. It was a big deal for her to even be in that crowd, lest she touch somebody else and make them unclean. And here she comes to the teacher. Because he's called the, the rabbi. She comes to the teacher and she touches him. Ceremonially to make him unclean, but this is her only hope. And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceived that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. You know, I, I laid awake last night. I couldn't get back to sleep. The The guys had some friends over, and they were out early in the morning, like 2 o'clock or something, and it woke me up because the car's running and stuff. And I laid there, and I was just thinking about this, and I think I thought, why do we not see the healing power in America that some countries are experiencing now by Christians dealing with others. Jesus said it would be. The New Testament says it would be. Is it because our faith is more in pseudoscience, vaccines, all this other stuff, more than it is in God? I'm just asking the question. I'm not, I'm not making a search. I just ask the question. And when I hear somebody like Dr. Moeller saying the stuff he's saying here. I'm like, well, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Let me give you a couple of things, and I'm going to have these up at the... Uh, I'm going to have all these links up so you guys can check it out. Now, I made mention of the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Um, this is from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. I'll have that up. You can read on that. Because, again, I, I'm giving you their stuff, okay? And uh, then this was the article that was dealing with um, those particular vaccines. Then there's a Vatican statement on <clears throat> the cells derived from aborted human fetuses being used in vaccines. This is the Vatican. And I think they're the seat of Antichrist, okay? I, I think they're an Antichrist. I, I do, they certainly don't hold to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's for sure. You'll have a link to that. Let me give you a link here. This is Moderna. 
Moderna's FDA report lists 13 deaths in the vaccine trials. Now, you've got to understand something. On some of these trials, some of the people, uh, some of them who were to have the, the two shots, right? The fir- between the first shot, shot and the second shot, on some of these reports, I don't know if it was Moderna, if it was AstraZeneca, uh, AstraZeneca or if it was Pfizer, who it was, I, it may have been Pfizer. Uh, Dr. Madej sent me the, the document on it. 80% of the people didn't show back up for the second shot. 80%. They lost them. They don't know where they went. They didn't come back in their trials. They just say they didn't show up. I, I'm just telling you, I have to question, is this all? What about the adverse effects? We've got lists of those. What about those? Is this all or is this just the people who happen to come back? <laughs> I'm I'm really curious. What, what are we looking at? Because I'm, you know, Dr. Mueller tells, oh, we, we should be able to trust these people. Something else you need to read. This again from SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. The study the CDC refused to do, even though, and they didn't have to have a congressional bill to do it, but four bills were put forth in Congress. All four of them were shot down. Now, you you tell me how this makes sense when the Obama administration can charge the CDC, okay, something that shouldn't exist either, according to the Tenth Amendment, because we haven't given any authority there to be dealing with this stuff as a, a propaganda arm of the federal government. This guy, Dr. James Lyons- Wheeler or Wyler? We're going to see if we can get him on the show. Um, there's a video that you can watch here of an interview with him. Uh, he's the one, him and another guy that I'm going to pull up here in just a second, Dr. Paul, um, what's his name? Paul Thomas. Did this study, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. They're in the first phase of that. And here's the study. You can read it. This is the first phase. This is uh, put out December the 7th. Uh, you'll be able to read that at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Okay. The other one is Dr. Paul Thomas is targeted by the medical board and media after the landmark vaccination study. That's the one I just showed you. These are all at sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can read the report yourself. He's getting the same thing Dr. Scott Jensen got when he came forward and said, well, wait a minute, they're trying to coach us into how to fill out death certificates. So this guy's getting the same thing. Then we've got this. I got it yesterday. I got it late yesterday. A pharmacist of 43 years. Here's what he here's what he wrote. And he's been he's had his own pharmacy for like 30 years, I think, if I recall that. Yeah, he's had his own pharmacy for 30 years. He says something very strange is going on with this covid thing. He says the CDC says covid is more deadly than the flu but I believe we're being played, and here's why. And he talks about exactly what's going on uh, in the midst of that. You can also, I'll have this linked up as well, three logical fact-based issues to consider about the COVID-19 vaccine. Of course, the one with Mike Pence and, um, and some others. And I'll have the video here of Robert F. Kennedy where I gave a little bit of quote there as to the lies that were told out of government. The same government and government agencies that Dr. Mueller wants us just to, we should just trust these guys. We should just trust them. And while I agree that Christians should be on the front, front end of science and, you know, 
health and stuff like that, that we should be helping people, all of this kind of stuff. I do. I really do. But when you've got this stuff and you say we ought to be thinking biblically and you don't point to the Bible at all, now I wonder how biblical that thought process is going and definitely how logical it is, that's for sure. In any case, I have finished before 7.30. <laughs> Went a little long. I apologize for that. But I do think the information is necessary. Now we're getting preachers. Preachers, for goodness sake. Talking about common good. Taking vaccines from unauthorized sources. This is a dangerous place to be, guys. It's a really dangerous place to be. And I'm just going to encourage you in this. Be strong and courageous. Don't depart from the, to the left or the right from the law of God. Stick with him and what he has said over what any man says to you, including this one. Make sure your feet are firmly on the rock and take your stand and take it now. The road's run out. There's no place else to go. This is the place where we make our stand. All right. You guys have a great day. Again, we'll have uh, Captain Carl and uh, Bob Schultz on in the morning, 6 a.m. Eastern time, Lord willing. Till then, see you guys.